Welcome to the AI Learner Lounge. I'm your host, Cambria, and this is a podcast where AI meets learning and development. From exploring how AI facilitates individual learning to understanding its integration into broader organizational strategies, we tackle it all. Every episode brings you fresh perspectives, innovative ideas, and actionable advice for those looking to weave AI into the fabric of modern learning experiences. Join me as we navigate the intersection of technology and human potential right here on the AI Learner Lounge. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the AI Learner Lounge. Today, we're going to be working through the question, what L&D process should I improve with AI? So when we think about AI tools like ChatGPT, MidJourney, or AI avatars, there's a lot of different opportunities for improvement. The question's no longer, can I use AI? It's more, first, should I be using it in the first place with this process? And then the secondary question, how do I use it in a meaningful way that gives me the results I'm looking for? So AI is new. It's something that we're not used to, we're not necessarily always comfortable with, and it's innovative is the word that's thrown around a lot. So it can be easy to want to do everything all at once. Right? We have different projects we can take on. We can use it in our own workflows. Maybe we want to create a chatbot for our learners. There are a lot of different ideas out there, but we have to avoid shiny object syndrome and make sure we're just focusing on one process at a time so that we can really make the most of it, make sure we're reaching those outcomes that we're looking for and improving the learning experience in a meaningful way. So where do we start? Right, That's the million-dollar question. And Unfortunately, there's no simple, straightforward answer. It's really going to depend on the context of our situation. So what's going to work for an individual contributor working as maybe an instructional designer in a team wanting to incorporate this into their workflow, it's going to look a lot different than it will for a solopreneur working as a consultant or a freelancer with different companies that all have their own policies, they all have their own strategies out there and ideas on how they want to incorporate AI. And then it's also going to look different on a team level. So what one individual does in their workflows is a lot different than what a team might take. And that approach for having uh, standardized processes and being able to do things in a way where everybody's on the same page, maybe you're using prompt templates here, or you have a new workflow in place that everyone can look at and be able to see, okay, this is the tool we're gonna use for this part of the process. This is the steps that I need to take to do this. This is where my decision points are and my review as a human in the loop come into play too. So that's really the first step, understanding the context for your situation, any policies that you need to follow, anything you need to be in alignment and how the different interactions you have with individuals, either within your team the companies you're working for, your subject matter experts, what their comfort level is with AI and how that might affect the successfulness of using AI in your processes. So to start with, you can look not only at the policies and processes for using AI, but also data governance. So what information is considered confidential, what's sensitive, and then look at the workflows you have where you don't use confidential and sensitive information, so you don't have to worry about that. It just makes it a lot easier as a starting point. You can look at one specific process, brainstorm different areas that AI could help. So this is really the part where there's no bad ideas. You can just get it all out there, 
think about whether it's creating video scripts or if we're talking about subject matter expert interviews, how it might help with that. And get those ideas out there, put them on paper, and then you can start to pick them apart one by one and prioritize them based on different factors. So maybe feasibility is one. If you don't have a lot of money to be purchasing AI tools right now, or you don't have access to a specific resource, it'd be a little bit less feasible than another use case would be. And you can look at the potential impact too. Is it something that's gonna have a really small impact, maybe save you two minutes in the process, but take you a ton of time creating the prompt for ChatGPT or figuring out how to get it to work just how you want it to, only to use it once or twice a month. That's probably not going to be worth it. So those are the things that you'll want to be looking at and making sure that you can stick with a single process so that you can adapt the challenges that come up and make sure that you're setting these measurements in there to really see if AI is having the outcome that you want it to have. And with that, make sure it's a process that you use often enough. So you're going to have opportunities to measure the success. You're going to have knowledge of what those pain points that you have with the current process are. And you know the current state really well. So you can be able to say, okay, this part might be something AI can help with. Maybe it's during your subject matter expert interviews and you're taking down notes you're more focused on that than the actual conversation and being able to ask your follow-up questions, you know that that's a barrier for you. So maybe you wanna look at different AI tools that are out there that can capture those notes for you, help you synthesize them and bring a little bit more understanding to them. Or if your process is fine, you're good with taking notes on your own, maybe you wanna look at using an AI tool like ChatGPT to create those initial questions. Maybe that's where you get stuck, not knowing what you should be asking. And so once you understand what your specific barriers are or in a team environment, taking a look at some collective challenges that you're having just by having conversations together, looking at your different processes to really understand what those barriers are. And you can also just look for signs that there's problems with your processes. So maybe employees aren't meeting their performance goals. This could be a sign that either they're not using the skills they've learned because there's a barrier in the process or somewhere in there, there's a breakdown. It could be that customer satisfaction's low, that they're not getting the level of service that they expect from your employees or team members. You can look for complaints from customers, different feedback that you've gotten from your employees, and then just looking holistically at the, some of the costs that are associated with your processes, or maybe it's not producing the desired results that you're hoping for. And those are some of the factors that you can look at to see what processes might be worth improving on that team level. And beyond looking for problems, you can also look for opportunities, maybe things that you haven't done before, but you wish you could. So when we're talking about learning and development, maybe within one of our trainings, there's not a whole lot of opportunities for practice or engagement from learners. It's more presentation format just because there's some internal barriers there that prevent us from doing that. Maybe we don't have time to go out and have these sessions with individuals, give them that space to practice with each other and get feedback right away from us as the instructional designer or trainer or facilitator who's ever delivering the training. So AI brings us new opportunities to bring practice and application and different things into our training programs. 
It's really easy when we talk about process improvement, whether that's with AI or without AI, to get caught up on those quick wins, right? We always want a quick solution that's going to get us a quick win, get those low-hanging fruit, and that's fine. But it's a lot more effective if we look at focusing on making improvements that are high impact, they give us a high return on investment so that we can have those results, kind of just, just show that this is making meaningful improvements. It's not just something we're going to do here or there. It's part of a long-term strategy that can really make changes to the overall process and have outcomes that are a lot greater than they would be if we just looked at those low-level things like drafting an email or summarizing content. Those in and of themselves are fine within our individual workflows, but on a team level, we want to get that buy-in from our employees and our other stakeholders and show them that this is worth something at investing in and they're going to see those outcomes. And when we're looking at selecting a process to improve and predicting what our outcomes might be for a minute, it can be really easy to want to overestimate or even underestimate. So it's important that we look to, to see what others have done. Knowledge sharing is something that is part of my background and I'm really passionate about learning from others and their experiences and being able to take those lessons learned. So if you can talk to others in your industry or even outside of your industry to see what they've done with AI, what processes they've improved, what that outcome was like, what they would have done differently, and use that as you're looking at your own processes, you're going to be miles ahead of where you would have been if you were trying to figure it out on your own. Once you have that initial list of your potential processes that you want to improve and that first round that you've done looking at what's really out of scope, um, what problems you're trying to solve, what that might look like, then you can get into a little bit more of an evaluation to prioritize which one's going to be the best one. At an enterprise level, it's going to be a lot different than it is at the individual and team level. At that point, you're probably going to want to have a systematic process that uses a template or consistent factors to evaluate on using maybe a prioritization matrix. You'll want to document that, making sure that you have that information available for decision making so that if something changes in the future, you can take another look at those potential use cases and processes. But at the individual and team level, you don't have to be that in-depth on it. Um, it can be really simple, straightforward, but you do want to take a look, especially at the risks that each process would bring. So if we're looking at internal learning and development or instructional design workflows, the risks that come with that are a lot different than ones that are in our learning processes if our learners are interacting directly with the AI themselves. Internally within our own workflows and improving those with AI, a lot of the risks that we're going to see have to do with data governance and confidentiality, the type of information that we have to give these AI tools to get the outputs that we want. ChatGPT needs a context. It needs to understand the situation. We might have specific data we want it to work with, but we don't want that data to be used to train the models. And we certainly don't want it to be released to third parties that we don't know about. So understanding the terms and conditions of these different tools, how your information is going to be used, and ways you can manage that through an API to reduce that risk, that's going to be important for 
these type of use cases. And then we also have on the other side of that with our internal processes, employee resistance and buy-in to the process. It's one thing when we're saying that AI can automate or augment some routine tasks that are kind of tedious and nobody wants to be doing in the first place. But it's another when we give it the creative task and incorporate it into those processes because that's where as learning and development professionals, we really specialize, right? We have our own ideas. We like to develop learning strategies or come up with different concepts. And to give that away to AI, it means we lose a little piece of the process that we like the most. So those are some of the risks that we'll have to be thinking about internally with our processes. From the learner perspective and using AI, having them interact directly with it, that brings more of the risks of inaccurate information, hallucinations, because we're losing control of that process being able to validate the information that they're getting. We have to trust that the chatbot or the AI avatar scenario that we built, that it's going to be giving the information that we need it to, and it's going to be valuable to the learner. It's going to create meaningful outcomes and not steer them in the wrong direction that we're going to have to try to correct for later. So when we look at all these different risks, we have to decide how we're going to mitigate them, how we're going to handle them, and then that can help us determine if it's a viable option. And it's easy to say, yeah, we'll accept that risk. It's not that big of a deal. But it really is. And the impact will be high if we're not managing these appropriately. And what that looks like when we talk about reducing the risk, either by selecting the right tool, making sure that we have the right people working on the system who know about it. So if we're building a chatbot, having somebody building the prompts who's aware of these different risks that happen, how the different models respond differently to different prompts and being able to test that, that's going to play a large part on if we're able to mitigate this effectively or if maybe we should just avoid it and move on to a different risk case. Then on the flip side of that, we do have the risk of not doing anything. So if there's particular processes that are just so bad, there's so many problems where we're falling behind and not able to reach all of our learners. Maybe we're only reaching a select few when we need to be reaching them more broadly and bringing more inclusiveness to the programs that we're offering. What's the risk of not doing that compared to the risk of using AI in the process? So those are just a few of the things to think about with that. And once we look at all those different risks and the potential ways to handle them, then we can really start to prioritize, narrow down the more broad processes that we have out there to get just a couple select few and really think through those to find that one single process that we want to start with. Thank you for joining me for the first episode of the AI Learner Lounge, where we explore how AI is affecting the future and the current state of learning and development. In this episode, we work through the question, what L&D process should I improve first with AI? And I hope you'll join me next time.